So I was debating how we should finish this book because, because we do have a little bit more inside to cover. And we've still we've still got the Kabbalah bit. So so I <laughs> so I was debating how to go about this, and then I had like a whole epiphany. So then I was like, okay, first I need to share with you my epiphany, and then uh, and then we'll, we'll go inside. Um, this mimer, just to bring us back to it, right? Yesterday we took a little bit of a break from it to bring us back to this mimer. It's really a story of Rotzei and Shuv. This mimer. It's discussing how we go from the Rotzei of Yitzias Mitzrayim of Pesach all the way down to the Shuv of receiving the Torah on Shavuos. And so it details to us a really, really, uh, really detailed process that we know takes seven weeks, just over seven weeks, right, from the first day of, of, of Pesach, all the way until Shavuos. And we go through different stages, right? And we've discussed at length, the Maimah really discusses at quite length the whole process of Ratzai of leaving behind the limitations, rising above them, reaching towards the light, reaching towards the transcendent. And that happens through Shema during prayer, and specifically it happens during prayer. And that happens, um, that happens on Pesach. And then we went into a whole detailed story of what's going on with the Hanafata Omer, what's going on with the Korban Omer. It's really a transitionary period of taking the Ratzah that we've experienced and starting the step-by-step process of bringing it back down towards Shuv. And in order to go from Ratzah to Shuv, we have the seven-week period as we've been discussing until now so that we can finally get, um, get, to, get to the Shuv, get to receiving the Torah. And so we started to discuss what that looks like, the barley, specifically the barley, right? The food of the animal. It's the beginning process and we said that it's the process of elevating our mind, which then we can draw down from that energy to elevate our hearts so that we can then actually use our entire body and our entire home and our entire life for Hashem, which is Matan Taira. So as I was, a few things were going on personally, like while I was, basically I was trying to really prepare, because again, it gets technical all the way till the end, basically. It gets technical. It gets into the Kabbalah and different quotes from Taira, etc. And I was just trying to really, really contemplate on how I can, you know, how we can make it, bring it down. Um, practically, right? Although we did start to speak practically about this idea two days ago, we started off with a practical and we started going into the Kabbalah. Um, and so when I do that, usually I end up starting to think for myself. So um, how is this practical for me? And obviously um, we're, we are in two different stages of life, um, but I will share just the impact that, this, that this, these ideas had on me and then we'll get into it. And I'll tell you why. The main reason why is because I had this big debate. Should I skip the Kabbalah today and just get to the message, kind of, get to the practical? I know Hannah loves the Kabbalah. Um, but I was like, should, should I skip it? Should I not? And then I had this epiphany about like why we actually learn Kabbalah. And okay, so basically, let me start from the beginning, okay? Um, those of you who were at my meal last week know that I've been struggling with hosting. Yassi very nicely announced to my whole meal that like I didn't really want to host the meal. <laughs> Are you was, yes, actually. You know, <laughs> Guys, when you get married, your husband can like really just say things. It's just not in your control ever. It's really crazy. Anyway, he said it in a nicer way because it was like a whole story. But yeah, basically that like the night before I was like complaining about hosting a meal. Um, basically, it's just been it's, since I, it's basically been since I had two kids. Like life is just harder. And then hosting the meals is just literally double as hard. And recently I've hosted a lot, like almost every week, and now I'm hosting oh. two meals for us. And I was just like, I went on this whole tangent, starting from last week, all the way to like basically, till I had this epiphany. I'm like, what 
this doesn't make any sense. Like, what am I, what am I doing, right? And I started going on how I feel like a shmata and whatever, like all the cleaning and the cooking and the kids and the working. It's like, and I was just like, what, what am I doing? Like, what is this for? And, and I came to the conclusion, okay, after she was like, I'm going to take a break. I'm not going to host for a while. Um, but I felt really like unsettled with that. I was like, that's not, you know, that's not what I'm here for anyway. So I was like really going back and forth. And then I started to sit down with this mimer and it gave me a few epiphanies, okay? So I'm going to share them. So hopefully we'll get from, and, and the first one, the first one was that I was looking through the Kabbalah of this mimer for a while, trying to bring it down and think how I could practically apply it to you. And while I was doing that, it gave me such a bird's eye view of what's going on because that's really what Kabbalah does. Kabbalah doesn't deal with the nitty gritty challenges, the day to day challenges of life. It deals with what's going on up on high in the spheres and the lights and the revelations up above and all the spiritual worlds. And it really, it's, it really, really t- zooms you out. It gives you a bird's eye view of what's really going on and the impact that our actions actually have. And it shines a light from above on all of the challenges. And that made me, the first thing that that helped me realize, I started to really, I was starting to really think more about the chesed and the gevur, the tefers that we started to speak about and, and what that looks like for me. And I really literally had a switch of like, this is what it's all about. Like, this is what it's all about. The hosting and the cooking and the cleaning and the kids. And, and we, um, I think every, every Jewish woman has a point where they're like, what, what's going on here? Like, what am I doing? This, like, is this really what I'm going to do? for Because I was speaking to some women in my office. They're already like in their 60s and they, you know, start at the beginning of the week making the cheesecake. Make, and I was like, this is never, this never ends. <laughs> like, it's not like, okay, get through this report. It's like, no, 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 no. You're going to be like 60 and now your grandkids want food. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and so I really was like, like struggling with this idea and just Focusing on the Kabbalah of this mimer for however long it was, for the half an hour that it took, gave me this bird's eye view and already gave me a switch of like, no, 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 this is actually what I'm here for. This is what's important. And then the reason that was is because I started to look at the end part, which speaks about Shavuos and the idea of Shav. And the idea of Shav is really the idea, again, of using your home and your money and your time and your physical energy towards making this world a, a, you know, a place for Hashem, towards revealing Hashem in this world. That's what Shav is about. Um, but then I realized that if you have Shav without the Ratzo, and really Kabbalah and Hasidus and this, this transcendent learning that we do is very much an aspect of Ratzo. It's leaving behind the little the day-to-day battles and going to a place above it. And going to a place where it gives us really a perspective. What's, what's the impact? What's going on? What's actually happening? It, again, it raises us above. And that's what Ratzo is. That we have to have the Ratzo before we have the Shuv. We have to have that inspiration. And so, you know, the saddest thing is, there's two ways, you know, I could, I could go with this. I could say I'm never hosting again, which was my initial, you know, which is the practical, which is very sad. And that's the practical, almost like, yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, it, 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 not only am I like spending hours and hours and hours of my time, I'm also spending lots and lots of money, you know, and also, um, and guys, I, I host mainly like the minor boys, by the way, so it's not, <laughs> um, and, and you guys have come also because it's Yossi's program, he runs a program, and so like, ugh. um, and it's, it's also harder to host boys and girls, they, they help less, they eat more, um, <laughs> of course, yeah. they eat more also of like the meat, and that they want all the meat and the chicken, and anyway, I'm really, guys, basically, um, I realized that that's, that's what the shop is all about of opening up your heart and your body and your mind your home your purse your like opening it up directing it towards Hashem you have to have the Ratzel first you have to have the Ratzel first 
You have to have the inspiration and the perspective and the direction because otherwise two things happen. Either you just close everything off and that's the saddest thing, you know, and that's what many women end up doing. They close their homes, they close their wallets, they even close their bodies. They're like, I'm not having any more kids, right? Like, that's it, right? Um, because, because the perspective is lost and when you get down into the shove without the rut, so when you get stuck in these details and you lose sight of the perspective of what's actually going on, it becomes... It becomes impossible to do, first of all, and it also becomes almost not pointless, but like you just don't understand why it doesn't make any sense logically. Um, the other thing that ends up happening to, some, to Jewish women is they become shmata, and they completely, because they've lost sight of what's going on, they just completely lose themselves in the process, and that's also extremely unfortunate. Um, yeah? So it's um, like when you open up, it's ratso or shuv? It's shuv, but in order to be able to open up, to literally give everything that you have towards Hashem and to higher things, then what makes sense and what the world's telling you to do, you need the ratzah. So, and actually the, the end of this mammar just mentions it. It says, but in order to have this shuv, in order to have shavos, we need the ratzah, we need Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And so we focus very much on that, right? And that's really what we're doing. Every time we learn, we learn Torah and we're, or we, we daven and we're reaching towards something higher than ourselves, we give ourselves a bit bigger perspective. We're giving ourselves the gift of ratzah and the gift of, of, of light and of transcendence, on, of this bird's eye view. But obviously, Ratzo alone is also, we discuss this at length in Adam Kiyakruv, Ratzo alone is as dangerous, right? That's people who, bless you. That's okay. What's Shuv alone? Shuv is what I said, closing up the house, closing up everything. I, I'm, I'm doing what makes sense for me. I'm not, I'm not doing things that don't make sense. Um, it's, it's saying that my home and my body, my energy, my money is for me. It's not for anybody else. That's what Shav is alone. Ratzo alone is I completely lose touch with reality and I don't even do Torah and mitzvahs because I'm, I'm just like in the clouds all day. I'm praying, I'm meditating, I'm, I'm learning Kabbalah. I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not even doing mitzvahs. I'm not even, I'm not doing anything practical. I'm not bringing Hashem into this physical world, which is as dangerous, right? Um, that's what we were discussing before, Amber. You were saying that sometimes that can happen, and that's a true, it's a true, it's a true danger. So we really, really need both, and we're in this time now where we have to hold both. And be, in order to go from ratzo to shav, there's a process, right? That's the process we've been speaking about. We have to raise ourselves up. That's the hanafata omer, where the kohen, as we're going to see, literally raises up the barley, raises up the shiur hay, which we said is the limitations of malchus, the way that our animal soul has been limited and confined down into this world. He raises it up. And it's going to explain it. He raises it up all the way to Bina, to above all of the emotions, all the way already to the intellectual faculties. And that's the idea that our animal soul's does. brain gets an elevation, as we discussed. The Kohen does? The Kohen does this. And we'll discuss the Kabbalah in a minute, because again, now I realize we shouldn't skip over the Kabbalah. We need a bit of... If, we, if I just come to you every day with practical, 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 you're going to be like, okay, but why should I... Like, okay. That's, nice. <laughs> that's, that's great. I'm going to go do my life, right? We need the transcendence. We need that perspective as well. Um, but... So, so that's the first step, to go from ratzo. Ratzo is basically taking our animal soul back to its source, reaching up the animal soul upwards toward the divine, which is taking it up to its source, which we discuss as in Malchus, we'll see the Kabbalah in a moment, raising the animal soul back up to its source, what's called the Rabbah into Malchus. And then the Kohen comes along and he raises it up even higher. He raises it up all the way up, transcending all of the emotions all the way to the intellect, which is the idea that the animal soul's mind gets an elevation and gets raised up. And then immediately afterwards, we start to count the Omer. In order to get to Shuv, we need to bridge the gap between Ratzah and Shuv. We need to bring those lights back down. Bring those lights back down into our hearts, into our minds, into our bodies. And that's the process of counting the Omer. 
of Sfirata Omer, which is taking this tremendous level that our animal souls reach now from the process of Yitziat Mitzrayim, from the process of the Korbana Omer, and now bringing it back down. And that takes work, that takes seven weeks, bringing the light back down, shining it into our hearts, shining it into our emotions. Yeah. So what are we transcending? What are we transcending? Yeah. In what, sorry, in what context? Oh, because no, you said we're transcending, but I kind of forgot, like... Um, within, within Yitziat Mitzrayim, within the first process, we're, we're transcending our limitations. We're leaving behind the, am I going to host, am I not going to host, right? All of those questions. And we're, ra- we're ra- raising ourselves up towards something way, way higher than that. We're reaching toward the light. And then, once we've reached toward the light, our job is to bring that light back down, step by step, slowly, to experience it. In our in ourselves, and the reason we do that is because once we have the shav, right, which is we know that Hashem rested on Harsina, Hashem's presence was revealed in the world. It needs somewhere to land. It needs something to hold it. We need to become the, the vessel. Bless you. We need to become the vessel through the process of the ratzo and then the counting of the omer, so that we can actually take that light and make it ourselves a conduit for that light in every area. Make our home. Make our uh, make our home. Make our wallet. Make our body. Make our energy our emotions, every way that we express ourselves in this world as an expression and a conduit for Hashem's light. So we start off by raising ourselves upwards, right? By leaving behind the challenges, reaching towards the light. And then the coin helps us to get even higher, to transcend all of the emotions all the way to the intellect. And then we bring that down throughout the 49 days. We bring that light back down into every single area of our body, every single area of our life. So that every part of us is a keli and a vessel, so that when Hashem's light shines through us through the Torah that we receive every Shavuot, we become a conduit for that light in every single area. Okay? And so this is a really, really important perspective to have because it... Bless you. Because our whole lives are a balance of Ratzah and Shuv, which is what we started to discuss at the beginning of this Maimah, right? We discussed that it says um, in Yecheskel that the angels are in a constant state of Ratzah and Shuv. They're constantly burning up toward Hashem and coming back down. And we, too, are constantly balancing these two. We need to have these two at the same time. We need the inspiration. We need the transcendence. We need to reach toward the light. And at the same time, we need to take that inspiration. We need to literally express it in every single area. And the 49 days of counting are an opportunity every single day to open up a little space in a little area of our heart, in a little area of our mind, in a little area of our actions as we discussed and clear away the dirt there and make space and room so that when the Torah comes into our life, it can shine through in every area and shine through in a way that we're proud and we're happy and we're excited to do all the things that are challenging and they're challenging. It's not, it's not, um, it's not easy and fun. Um, and, and the truth is, like, I have many, many friends who don't ever host. Like, it's just not part of their, like, it doesn't even, it's just not part of their life. Um, and so it's easy. It's easy to, like, and I'm just using that example because that's, but it's easy to go to the easy, we can go the easy route even within Judaism. We could. Um, but, but slowly, slowly, we shut off these windows and we shut off these opportunities to, to become this vessel and this expression of Hashem in our world, in, every, in our world, in our life, in every area, and to share that with others. So that was my little rant, my little epiphany. Um, and with that, we are going to learn the Kabbalah now, okay? So follow along, <laughs> okay? Pardon? It was. I was, like, very emotional this morning. And uh, Yossi's going to be like, what happened? Because yesterday I was like, I'm a Shemata. And today I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to host everyone for the rest of my life. Like, he's not going to know what happened.
there we go exactly um it really is the way you look at it and obviously obviously we also have to be honest with ourselves and we can't take on we can't run ourselves to the ground because we have to keep keep going um so there's a balance there as well but but it really is easy to just close ourselves up like i've just noticed that just close everything like why should i give any any anything like um but that's why we're here so okay so we started to discuss the kabbalah two days ago which really we're speaking about malchus very much here because malchus is where our animal soul is so to speak holding by the time we start to count the omer because the process of ratzo is reaching up toward our source and so that's what happens when the angels for example are in a state of ratzo they're burning up and becoming included and one with their source and so when our animal soul tra- transcends itself right specifically our godly soul we said but our animal soul goes along for the ride in the process what's happening when it reaches up towards it can only it hits a ceiling it can only reach up towards where it's sourced from right that's kind of the shoresh of your shaman all these sources what's the concept there that's the ceiling that's its source it's its root and so if it's going to be transcending and going upwards there's a limit that it's going to reach so when our animal soul goes upwards in the process of ratzo in the process of yitziat mitzrayim of leaving egypt of shema it goes up to its source in Malchus. Malchus of Atzilus is the source of our animal soul. We say that it's also called Behem Rabba. We already discussed the Kabbalah of that before, that the name of Ban of Hashem, which is one of the names that we can extract from the name of Hashem of, of Havaya, Ban is the same Gematria, 52, of Behema, 52. Behem Rabba, the great animal, the spiritual source for animals, for the angels, for the animals, and for our animal soul is in Malchus. So Yitzhak Mitzrayim, our soul transcends and reaches the level it's holding now in Malchus. Then we have the Korban Omer, where the Kohen comes and he waves the Omer. We said, what's the Omer? It's the animal food. Malchus, okay, so we said this again, uh, uh, we said this last time, I'll say it again. Soora is Bali, animal food. If we break up the word Soora, Sin, ayin, vav, resh, hey. We get the word shior, hey, which means a measurement of five, which we discussed are the five ways that malchus eclipses Hashem's light and covers it over and then expresses it down to the to the next worlds. The process of this shior, hey, the process of this of this um, limit, limiting of malchus is what actually creates angels and souls. It creates the animal soul animals and then every single time an animal gets slaughtered um, as a carbon for Hashem and reaches upwards it's going back up to the behemoth it's going back up to Malchus every single time we elevate our animal soul it's going back up to Malchus every single time an angel burns up in love for Hashem in its source, it goes up towards Malchus. That's the idea of Soora, the food of the Behemaraba, the, the animal food of Malchus. Why? Because when we eat something, we're elevating it up to its source. And so every single time the limitations of Malchus, the, product, the byproduct, the result of Malchus limiting itself, elevates itself, it reaches up back towards Malchus. And so what's the coin doing? The coin is taking this barley, He's taking this elevated food. He's taking this animal soul that's now reaching up in its source to in Malchus, and he raises it up even higher. He waves it. The Kohen here is called, um, he's called ches, Chesed. Kohanim in general in Chesed, Kabbalah called Chesed, Leviim, Arkevura. We won't get into that now. But the Kohen as Chesed, he's raising up the Malchus all the way up to Bina. That's what's brought. Okay, that's what's brought in the mind. But that's the Kabbalah. That he's taking the animal soul 
as it's now existing in its source and helping it reach a level that it cannot reach on its own. Because again, the ceiling, the limit of the animal soul is malchus. But the coin then comes, yeah. So it's malchus to bina. Malchus to bina. Malchus through chokhmah is elevated to bina. Sorry, through chesed. Malchus through chesed is elevated through bina. The barley through the kohen is waved upwards, even higher than the level of the kohen, above his head, which is bina, which is already the intellect. What's actually happening? What's this process? Again, it's the refinement of the mind of the animal soul. The animal soul is getting a, a perspective of the world that's way higher than, it's, than it can see in its own source because Malchus has a limited perspective of God. Bina has an unlimited perspective of God. It sees God as he really is, which is that God was, is, and always will be, that God transcends the world. So our animal soul in this process is getting a new perspective. It's getting an elevation and a new perspective. And it's getting raised up even beyond all of the emotions. So that we can go to the next step. Are we fo- is this following a little bit till now? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Can we do like two seconds? Two seconds to write. Yeah. yeah. And then we're going to get to Safira Tomer, the next stage. Okay? No. And then we'll actually see it inside. Okay, so, sure. So the idea that, that um, our animal soul now is raised up beyond all of the midot and all the way up Hashem, already into Hashem's intellect is called this idea of mimacharat Shabbat, because Shabbos is the seven days of creation. It's, the, it's, it's Hashem as he's limited into time, into creation. Mimacharat Shabbat, the day after Shabbat, the eighth day, so to speak, what's the eighth day? The eighth day is considered in, in Hasidus as beyond time. The time beyond time. Because there's no such thing as the eighth day. It starts again from the beginning after seven days. So the day after Shabbat is referring to a level of Hashem that transcends the Midot. That transcends the seven Midot. There's seven days of the week. There's seven Midot. It's Hashem as He transcends it. So when we say that we are counting the Omer from the day after Shabbat, we are drawing down energies from beyond the six emotions, the seven emotions, if you want to include Malchus. Actually, this, it's interesting. In Kabbalah, there's two opinions. One opinion includes Malchus in the six spirit, and one opinion actually includes Das. It's very interesting. Malchus, in many cases, isn't actually included. Um, sometimes Kesser is included, some, and not Malchus. Sometimes Malchus is included, not Kesser. But in this context, the seven days of the week correspond to Das, Chesed, Gevorah, Tiferet, Netzachod, Yesod. Malchus is raised up beyond the seven days of the week to Bina, to the eighth day, which is the concept of Mimacharat Shabbat, the day after Shabbat. The day, the time, the Sephira that transcends what's called, it's not, you don't have to write this down, but what's called in Kabbalah, Zeir Anpin, the seven leaves, the seven channels of this Das, Chesed, Gevorah, Tiferet, Netzachod, and Yesod. It's raised up all the way to Bina. What's, at, what's the significance of this? Because only once you're actually above something can you start to utilize everything that's below you. So we want to draw down Hashem's chesed into our own chesed in the process of counting Omer. We want to draw down Gevura. We want to draw down Das. We want to draw down Netzach. In order to do that, we need to be above that. How are we supposed to draw these down if we're in Malchus? If our animal soul ceiling is Malchus, is limited, mm-hmm. how are we supposed to shine chesed into our own chesed? How are we supposed to shine netzach? Sefirat Omer means to shine these sefirat into our soul. How are we supposed to do that? By transcending that. So the Kohen raises us up. 
were raised up even higher than the emotions of Hashem so that we can then draw down these emotions. That's the process of Sefirata Omer, counting, shining, right? Shining the, the Omer, shining into our animal soul. We do that by transcending them and then drawing these elements down into our own soul. So it's literally Rats of with this, like literally like having to go beyond and then going up, 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 and then being able to come back down. And in order to come back down, you need to be very high up because otherwise you just get stuck at a certain point. Yeah. yeah. Can you repeat why it's on the seventh? Why on after sure, Shabbat? sure. So, because it is answering one of the original questions. Why does it say from the day after Shabbat instead of from the day after Yom Tov, right? It created a big split in the Jewish people, um, which is why they used to make a huge deal, by the way, about the Korban Omer. Um, anytime there was a debate between the Sa- Sadducees. Sadducees and the Jewish people, they would make a huge, huge, big deal. The Jewish people make a huge, big deal. That's why Simchat Beit HaShavah was a big deal because there was a debate there. They would also make a huge deal about gathering the body. They'd stay up all night, drying the body, gathering it, making a whole festivity because they would make a big deal um, to show that this is actually what the Torah wants. The Sadducees said that it's not the day after Shabbat. It actually is from a Sunday. It has to be from a Sunday. It's not the day after Pesach, it has to start from a Sunday. So why does the Torah use this term? Because Shabbat is representative of the seven days, and it's representative of the seven midot. Hashem's seven midot. Hashem's seven um, emotional attributes. And we, in order to refine our own midot, need to rise above Hashem's midot. We need to rise above that so that we can then draw it down. What's above that? It's Bina. We need to already get this completely new perspective in our minds in order that we can then draw this light down into our hearts. And that's why it specifically says, Mimacharata Shabbat. So the coin is taking the Malchus, the coin is taking our animal soul as it's already been lifted up towards its source through Tziat Mitzrayim, through leaving Egypt. He raises it up all the way to Bina. Now it's got a new perspective completely. Right? Because now it's tapping into Hashem's Bina, Hashem's wisdom, the way Hashem sees the world as it is. And then we start counting the Omer immediately afterwards. And as we said all the way at the beginning, remember we said, what does this mean, Sfirat Omer? And then the Altar Rabbi gave an answer. And then we said the rest of the Mimer is actually just an explanation of this answer. All the way at the beginning of the Mimer, what did the Altar Rabbi say? Here, page four, we said, this is what it means that you should count for yourselves. This is what Sfirat Omer represents. To draw down the ten Sfirot. That they should shine for you, in your body, in your animal soul, Lamata down here. That's what, that's what counting the Omer is. And now we have a bit of a deeper perspective of what that means. That means that we've already reached this level of Machos. We've already gone to the source of our animal soul through leaving behind our limitations. Now we're raised up even higher than all of Hashem's emotions so that we can then draw them down, draw down the Chesed, draw down the, the Gevurah, draw down the Tiferet into our own souls. And that's the process. That's why it says Lachem, specifically. Lachem, you should count for yourselves. You should draw down the, and shine into your own life and into your own body, into your own vessels. When we do that, Step by step by step, day by day, we clean out a little vessel, we clean out a little area, we make more room and more space for Hashem in our lives. Then we can get to Shavuot. Shavuot is a process of Shav, where Hashem descended onto the mountain. Hashem literally descended down into this world, all of His light, all of His radiance. He Himself descended. 
And he came to meet us. He came to meet the souls of the Jewish people. And in the process of giving us the Torah, it's called a marriage, right? Have you guys heard this idea that it's called a marriage? It's a union. We meet Hashem. After we've gone through this entire process, we've cleared, we've reached upward. We've gotten the inspiration to then draw that back down, clear out within our own lives, within our own emotions, within our vessels, clear out space for God. God fills that space. And that's what Shov is, that God comes down into those areas that we've cleared out for Hashem, that we've refined, and then we can become conduits and expressions of Hashem's light in every area of our life. Okay? Um, yeah. Christian, um, one clarification. Um, how is it that we can transcend Hashem's midas? What does that mean? We need help to do it. We can't do it ourselves. But it's the process where the Kohen does. The, the Kohen does it basically for us. And it's the idea that we aren't limited to Malchut anymore. Because if we're limited, if our animal soul is limited to Malchut, how are we supposed to shine that which is above Malchut into our soul? How are we supposed to access that? How are we supposed to draw it down? through transcending it. What does that practically look like? I don't exactly know. It's really the idea of, of elevating the mind that we discussed. That when, once you elevate your, the mind, you get this completely brand new perspective, then you're able to actually start to work on the emotions. Um, what, what does that literally mean that it's raised up? I don't exactly know um, how it looks because it's a spiritual process. So it's not something that we like you know, can map out visually, obviously. So can we not do this today because we don't have So, so that's, that's really, that's the question, like practically what's happening. Is this something that happens automatically on the first day that enables us to do it? Um, or is it something we can do ourselves? It's pretty clear that it's not something we could do ourselves. What I understand, but that's, I don't have a source for it, is that there's a process that happens on the first day which enables us to then draw these lights down. There's a process that's going on up on higher spiritual process again because the, the Kohen represents Chesed, right? So there's a spiritual process going on where Chesed is raising us up to a place where we can then draw things down that are even higher than our source. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Any questions or comments? <laughs> where does Chesed fall into this whole relationship or is that totally like... Right now, it's just not, it's not relevant for, for this process. Chesed is beyond that. Kesser's beyond. We're, we're working with Seder Stashlut in this okay. context. Um, and although there are places in Chassidus that discuss that Mimachrat Shabbat means from Kesser. Mm -hmm. From the day after Shabbat means from above Seder Stashlut. Mm -hmm. That we're drawing from above, there's a lot of places that say we're drawing from above Seder Stashlut down so that we can actually transform ourselves. Mm -hmm. But this Mimer doesn't discuss Kesser. It discusses, after Kesser, it discusses Bina, which is a very, very high level. Yeah. Um, it's higher even than the Kohen himself, it's higher than Chesed. And so we're going all the way up to Bina and then drawing down from Bina, mm -hmm. shining that new reality and perspective all the way down into our life. Okay, you wanna see it inside? We have five minutes. Yeah. Any questions before we go inside? Clarifications, no? Okay. We are on page 31, yeah. right? Yeah. Page 31, okay. Let's read. The Hainu, this means from the redeemed sparks that are below, we're speaking about the Shir Hay here, which are elevated and included in this level of Behemaraba. This was, we just finished speaking about the Shir Hay. What does the Bali represent spiritually? The elevations of the sparks that come from the creation of beings from Malchus, elevating them back all the way back up to its source. 
Kamamar, as we say in our daily prayers, we say, Yotzer Meshur Sim, that Hashem creates ministering angels. There are angels that every single day burn up and lose their... There are specific angels which are called like eternal angels. They were created. They're still... They're not infinite, but they live... They basically live forever. They don't burn up and die. Those are the angels on the Merkava. Then there are angels that Hashem creates every day. And every single day they experience Ratzon. They burn up and they they burn up all the way to their source in Malchus. Every day. Hashem creates new angels every day. And every day they burn up with a fiery love to Hashem. And they're included up in their source of Behemaraba in Malchus. Okay? This is the same thing. This is the idea of animal food, of barley. Which is consumed by the physical animal down here, and every single day, new barley grows and then is eaten again. So the barley grows, the animal eats it, it's raised up. The barley grows, the animal eats it, it's raised up. And this is the process of all of these limited creations from Malchus being consumed back up into their source of Malchus. Okay? Which we said is what is happening to us in Yitzhak Mitzrayim. We raise ourselves up towards our source and then we start the process of bringing it back down. This is the significance of the fact that the Kohen waved the barley. The, the Kohen represents Chesed, okay, as it exists above in the Sephiroth. And it is raising up this level of Malchot of Behemaraba. So our animal soul gets included up towards its source in Behemaraba in Malchus, and then the Kohen raises it up even further. Raises it up above its source. Al yaday Omer Soora through the process of the Korban Omer, which is she or he hanal, which is referring to the limitations of Malchus that we discussed above. Where does it reach it up towards? The Kohen, the Chesed, takes the Malchus and raises it up where? Lifnei Havaya. To a place beyond Havaya, which in this context refers to beyond the emotions. Lamala Mahavaya Kanoda, which is all the way up to Bina, as we're going to see. This is why it's... So here, let's just read the English. Through waving the Omer of Bali, which represents Malchus, to the level of Bina, which is higher than Avaya, which is referring to the six emotions. This empowers Malchus to be able to refine and elevate the created beings afterwards. It gives a new power to Malchus to then shine down into our souls. This is why it specifically says that we should start to count, that we should do this Omer, this Korban, from the day after Shabbat, not from the day after Yom Tov. Because we're being raised up to a level beyond that transcends Shabbat, that transcends the seven days of the week, that transcends the emotions. And then the Alter Rebbe says, and this is enough of an explanation to those who understand. Okay? <laughs> if you don't get it, move on. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so we'll continue inside for now. Um, but the, the actual, like, the actual, what's exactly going on doesn't need to be understood fully. But the process, it's, if the process, the step by step, I mean, it's not too hard. It's like one thing is being raised up by something else to a level that's above both of them, Okay. Right, just like the coin's raising it up above his head, right above even his own level. and through this process of the korban omer, achal kach to omer, then we start to count the omer, and through this process, hayuham shachot makifim We're able to draw down these tremendous lights 
from chesed, from gvura, from tiferes, from above, all the way down and shine them into our souls, la omer, etc., into our own omer, into our own animal, into our own animal soul. V'zeu hayom yom echa. Okay, we're going to skip this part. Go all the way to the bottom of 35. Then it says v'zeu, and this is why it says in the pasuk, bottom of page 35, v'heinif et haomer lefnei Hashem lirtsonchem, that the, ko- the kohen would wave the Omer before Hashem, Lifnei Havaya, he raises up the Omer, he raises up Malchus to a level that's beyond all the emotions, all the way up to Bina, and then it says, Lir Tzonchem, for your goodwill, so that you can then draw that back down and change your own desires, so that you can then change the makeup of your animal soul. So that you will be able to nullify your own desires by drawing down these elevated lights from above through the counting of the Omer and the process of refining each one of our own animalistic emotions. So if we look at the Pasuk now, He raises up our animal soul to a level beyond even Hashem's emotions of Sfirot so that we can then draw them back down for our own ratzon. Lirtzonchem means for your desire, so that your desires can then be transformed. This is what it means that you will count for yourselves. To draw down all of these tremendous, encompassing, transcendent lights, which come from even higher than Shabbat, Dafka, Specifically, Kanal, as we mentioned above, Lachem for yourselves. Uspartem Lachem. You will draw down these lights into your own souls. Lamata down here. La foch et anefeshabamit gamken. So you can transform also the animal soul. Sheyiyu bitul ratzonchem. To nullify its desires to Hashem. Towards Hashem's desires. Um, now let's skip again to the bottom of page 37. Second to last paragraph on page 37. From then afterward, there can be the giving of the Torah. You see that? The mm-hmm. And then after this process of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, of Ratzel, of elevating our animal soul up to Malchus, of the waving of the Omer, of the animal soul being raised up even higher than its source, even higher than what's called the seven Midot, all the way up to Bina. And then after drawing them down into our soul again through the counting of the Omer, after this entire process, we can then reach Kach, then we can actually be able to receive the Torah on Shavuot. This is a true revelation of Hashem's desire from above coming down to below. This is even higher than Tefillah. This is even higher than Yitzhak Mitzrayim. The revelation that was experienced at the giving of the Torah was higher than the revelation that was experienced when the Jews left Egypt. Shehu haratzo, it's even higher than the ratzo of Yahavta Bacholavavcha, of loving Hashem with all of your heart. Sheadayin eno bepchinat bitul betachlis, because in that process of ratzo where I love God, you're not completely transformed yet, the ego still exists because yesh misha ohev, there's somebody who's doing the loving. I, as I exist, love God. That's ratzo. It's still limited. It's still a limited love. But the union that we experience with Hashem on Shavuot is a marriage union where we completely lose ourselves and we become one with Hashem. And so we're able to reach Shavuot and have this unity with Hashem and through specifically the Torah as opposed to the davening, which we said is represented by 
the rights of Yetzirah Mitzrayim, specifically after going through this entire process. This is not the case when we learn Torah, because this is really Hashem's words himself. When we learn Torah, we become one with Hashem. When we pray, we give ourselves as we exist towards Hashem, we reach towards Hashem, but when we actually learn Torah, we become one with Hashem. And that was given to us, this gift of being able to become one with Hashem and completely lose ourselves was given to us on Shavuot. And it's experienced again every Shavuot. Um, okay, let's skip again. We don't have so much time. Um, okay, now to the bottom of page, to the top of page 41. Okay? So in order to get to this level of Shavuot, page 41 at the top, for this, there first needed to be the process of the Korban, of the Kohen waving the Omer, page 41 on the left. We say in order to get to this level, which is detailed here, I don't have time to get into it, um, where we, which is what we explained, that what happens on Shavuot, that we are able to become literally one with Hashem and a conduit for Hashem's light down here in this world as we exist in our limited lives, through the Torah and the mitzvot that we were given on Shavuot. But in order to fully experience Shavuot, we first need this process, as we said. For this to happen, first we need, first there needs to be, that the Kohen will wave the Omer. What does this represent? This is the elevation of Malchus. Michla de Behemarab, which is the food of the Behemaraba, Lifne Havaya to raise it up above the emotions, Lamala Mahavaya, above Havaya Canal, as we mentioned above, the Ayadeze Acharkach, and through this process that we discussed of the Ratzah, of the leaving Egypt, of the raising ourselves up towards our source, and then the Kohen raising us up towards literally towards Bina and then shining that back down, then through Sfer to Omer, bringing these, elev- these lights back down into our life, we draw down these transcendent, encompassing lights down into our life, to the Omer, to our animal soul, through the process of counting for ourselves the seven weeks, and through this entire process that we just detailed in this whole Maimer, leaving Egypt, Having the Korban Omer and counting the Omer, we can afterwards experience Matan Torah B'Shavuot, the giving of the Torah on Shavuot, which is the revelation of Hashem's will, so to speak, down here through the words of Torah. And that is the end of the Mimer. You guys did it. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. Okay, so you guys should all have a wonderful Shavuot. Any questions or comments before we... Before we wrap up, here you go.